Like they weren't mm-hmm. laughing at the other people going like coffee, Chardonnay. And then somebody goes Siri and they're like, yep, cell phones and people here, right? Got him. <laughs> it just, I, oh, so much of this film made me so mad. You're reminding me of things I like though, because I like. Oh, the dead don't die anymore than you were right. They're just ghosts inside dreams. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 562 with our review of The Dead Don't Die. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Um, This week in our feeds, we had a review of Men in Black International, and now we're returning to to bring you another review of another brilliant film. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that is a review of The Dead Don't Die, which uh, is a little zombie film from Jim Jarmusch. And uh, yeah, so we're talking about jo- zombie films. Stephen Miller, how? what are your thoughts on the jom- the, the zombie genre? <laughs> the zombie genre? <laughs> uh, the zombie genre. And uh, what's maybe your favorite entry in this genre? Yeah, I, I don't know that I have dived as deeply into the zombie genre as I... Should have like, like like I don't f- I feel like I've seen a lot of zombie movies, but if I try to like do a deep dive in them, I like a lot don't come up. There are the jokey ones, right? The the Shaun of the Dead's, right? Those come to mind quickly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Twenty Eight Days Later is really cool. Uh, that would probably actually be my pick for like the coolest one that I've seen in recent memory, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. In terms of like old school zombie movies, it's been a long time so i don't have a good answer i feel like i don't have a very close relationship to it i've more i've seen zombie movies parodied more than i've seen them done with a straight face and i think maybe an aspect of the zombie genre is it is already kind of a parody uh like it's already over the top so it's kind of hard to take it seriously yeah yeah um I think I'm in a similar boat to you. Um, I I think there are some of the dead films that I've seen. I couldn't tell you which ones they were. Um, I mostly watched them when they were like shown on television and stuff mm-hmm. like that, either through like free movie weekends yeah, it's or my relationship too. Yeah, or on normal things. I am genuinely a huge fan of I'll call them the 28 Units Later mm-hmm. <laughs> um, series. Uh, I. I, I love 28 Days Later. 28 Weeks Later, I still enjoy. The, the opening scene to 28 Weeks Later is friggin' amazing. Um, and I think that in general, like, I didn't watch The Walking Dead. I think I watched season one of The Walking right, Dead. Right, I like, never watched it. The first six episodes or whatever it was. And then I started watching season two, and I know the world is in love with that show, but I just couldn't get into it. Um, and in general, zombies aren't aren't the most interesting of the um cre- creature things i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean i i have fun with them but i i like things that sort of play more on them, like the more comedic ones um yeah as, as you already mentioned shot of the dead uh warm bodies was oh no, yeah for sure. um like those things that are playing around with the the zombie genre and doing something a little bit different are more interesting to me um but also, just having super fast zombies, as long as they're not World War Z waves of zombies, mm. um, those are pretty cool, too. I'm a fan of the Left 4 Dead video game series. Those are fun zombie interactions. Um, How about the uh, the Army of the Dead in Game of Thrones? Uh, yeah, they're they're good at times. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're fast, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're definitely a better fast than the World War Z zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, zombies can be fun. Um, they're not always the most fun, but... In general, fine with them. Um, but here we're talking about a, a 
maybe a different type of genre, uh, a zombie genre film sure. uh, than maybe we're used to, even with our limited knowledge of z- the zombie genre. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why those two words next to each other are so difficult well, for Well, this to is say. the Jarmusch zombie genre. <laughs> That's right. Uh, which sounds like a spell that you would cast if you were... The Jim Jarmusch zombie genre. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Yep. Killed it. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, so what do you say we get into this review, Stephen? Sure. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for The Dead Don't Die, and then we're going to come back and give you a review. In this peaceful town, on these quiet streets, something terrifying, something horrifying is coming. Excuse me, we're closed. Get away from me! What the hell was it? A wild animal? This is really awful. Maybe the worst thing I've ever seen. What was it, wild animals? So what are you thinking? I'm thinking zombies. What? You know, the undead. Ghouls. You look gorgeous. Oh my. Are you in this together? Flesh-eating zombies. Don't joke. It's really, really creepy. Oh, man. This isn't going to end well. They gravitate towards things they did when they were alive. Coffee. Chardonnay. Did she just say Chardonnay? Yeah, she did. Welcome to my world, zombies. I've been telling you this is all going to end badly. Well, that's unfortunate. I'm quite confident of my ability to defend myself against the undead. I can see that. Excuse me. Those are some pretty good cuts. You played some minor league ball, didn't you? Well, um, a little class A. It was a long time ago. All right, so that was the trailer for The Dead Don't Die. Um, it involves a, let's say, a group of sheriffs. Sheriffs? Police? Peoples? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll say sheriffs. Okay, we'll, we'll call them sheriffs. That, officers. We'll uh, officers the of the force yeah. um, who live in a very small town. Is that a Kylo Ren reference? <laughs> Officers of the Force Awakens. Yeah. <laughs> um, but essentially, these police officers um, are in this very, very small town, and things are starting to get weird. Days are either starting or ending later than they should. Um, things are crazy. Uh, just stuff's going on that's super weird. And animals suddenly, are running away. A- yeah, animals are running away. Um, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, the dead... <laughs> the film should really be called The Dead Do Rise. Mm. <laughs> but essentially, some folks who are dead begin to reanimate, and uh, the characters start to notice this is happening and have to sort of reckon with the fact that their small town is now being overrun by the bodies of people who were previously deceased. Um, so, Stephen Miller, you saw you caught this at Cannes, yep. um, and you still made me watch it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> justify that sir i don't remember what i said at Cannes. so this was the very first movie of Cannes. this was the opening night film uh the context that i saw it in was 
a bunch of people were trying to get into the opening night gala. Of course, none of us did. It's opening night. Who the hell is going to get rid of their ticket to that ceremony? You get to see, like, uh, Inuritu and all these people talk beforehand. Uh, but anyway, there was another screening at 11 p.m. after the opening night gala that all of us, like the regular folk, went to see. So we're tired. We've been standing all day. And it's just, like, slow down and watch a movie and just feel glad that you're watching something. So I feel like we were in a pretty good mindset to enjoy it. And I did not dislike this movie. Like, like I didn't. I, I, I don't remember what I said to you in our recording. I think I said, like, it, it, isn't, it doesn't do a whole lot, but, like, it's fine. I'm interested to see how you feel about it. I, I, I think that was the, the way I framed it. Um, my feeling of this movie is that it's, like, so 28 Days Later, the thing that made that fun, that made it interesting, is that uh, uh, Danny Boyle decided to just speed up the zombies and make them fast. And it's like Jim Jarmusch realized, like, how about we just slow down all the people <laughs> instead and we'll get basically, like, you know, it'll even out in the end. Uh, but not we, just slow down the people, slow down their brains. Yeah, slow down everything <laughs> in this movie. So this this is a movie that is, like, very absurd anti-humor, right? Like, it's very, very, very anti-comedy. It's trying to be offbeat. It's trying to be, like vague commentary and i say vague because i don't think it's piercing at all in what it's trying to say but it's vaguely about like the world is turning to mush and people are effectively becoming zombies already right like the townspeople in this movie crazy shit is going on like the polar ice caps are being fracked <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going by memory from like four weeks ago by the way so <laughs> correct me if this, i'm wrong with anything no, no, that's correct but this like one of the th- it's one thing to be like oh Destroying the environment has moved the Earth off its axis, and that's why things are happening that are weird. But specifically to frack the polar ice caps, yeah. it was like it was like frack them all to hell. What's what's some things that uh, liberals complain about a lot? Is polar ice caps melting and fracking? Uh, whoa, what, dude? Put your hands together. <laughs> what if we frack the polar ice caps? <laughs> yeah, I mean that. Anyway, it's clearly Trump's America, right? Like. Steve Buscemi is wearing a hat that says "Keep America oh, White Again," which yeah. doesn't even make sense. Which I think is part of this. It's like there's a lot of. I did like his character. That was the one thing that actually made me giggle a little bit is seeing that. Hat. <laughs> so like... I'm gonna. In general, I'm not hot on this movie. Like I'm pretty lukewarm. Yeah. But because I like only shat on Men in Black, I want to at least give some things that I remember enjoying with this movie. Because this movie, I was not upset that I saw it. I was just like, okay, this wasn't very funny but it's a whatever it's it's a mood piece that's trying to be kind of ironic about america um i think sometimes the anti-comedy really works like i really enjoyed the diner scene when characters are killed and then the slow conversation between three police officers who come to see nope. one by one and danny glover i thought that was great i thought that was hilarious i was cracking up at that part it was I, the only audible laugh of the movie for me i think i hate that all three of them respond in the same way it's it's a funny joke in concept but spending five minutes to have one person at a time walk in slowly and then say was it like a wild animal a whole pack of wild animals like it made me so mad because like two minutes before they delivered the third one you're like she she's gonna say the same thing i liked it anyway i, I liked oh. it anyway that was one of those things where the the pace of the director kind of fucking with you and trying to like trying to make the people be as boring as zombies basically like i i found that amusing 
Um, I also liked uh, Caleb Landry Jones and uh, Glover are kind of like fighting in their little, they're like locked up in his store and they're trying to fight their way out and he's learning how to do headshots. And there's like, again, it's silly. Like if you want Shaun of the Dead, this is not that. This is not like, hey, we're in crowd and we're being silly in an upbeat, funny way. This is like, you're watching just an absurd thing take place and you either like snap into enjoying the absurdity or you find it like ruthlessly pretentious where I found it pretentious and totally flat is when it tries to be meta in any way. Um, there's a few moments in this movie. It starts early where it tries to be meta. Uh, the, the Sturgill Simpson song keeps playing, which is, I realized like a lot of Jim Jarmusch movies have like one song that plays over and over again. Um, but the song is playing and Bill Murray, who is like, he's being very Bill Murray, but it's like too Bill Murray for me in this movie. He's like, why does this song sound familiar? And Adam Driver is like, it's the theme song. And like, is that a, is that funny? Like, the is, answer is, is it no, clever? it's not, Stephen. No, and and but I was like, okay, whatever. It's a throwaway line. Who who cares? And then by the end of this movie, there are a few of those that like really veer into it. And I'm just like, wh- why? This doesn't even fit the like supposed absurdity of America or whatever you're trying to say. This is just like you fucking with audiences. Um, so those parts annoyed me a lot. Um, I also just think like the jokes wear thin pretty quickly. Uh, there are characters who are presented in this movie Nothing happens to them at all. Uh, pretty much any teenager in this movie is like, they're only there so they could walk the red carpet at Cannes, I guess, because there's nothing else that their characters are doing. Yeah. Um, I like Tilda Swinton's character a lot. I thought she was like at least doing something interesting in this movie compared to everybody else. She was one of the zanier elements that like I enjoyed her being on screen and her contrast to everybody else. So I don't know. So let me, let me ask you a question about her character. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you think there was always a scene where they talk about her accent before you hear the accent? Or do you think the accent wasn't funny enough in the edit so they reshot a scene where somebody comments about the accent so that when you finally hear it, you think the accent is funny? I think it was originally written in there. Um, I, I feel like it fits with the movie trying to be like, we're going to have weird movie type characters and we're going to comment on their weirdness and their out of placeness. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I thought she was funny though. I liked her fighting moves. I thought that was enjoyable. Yeah, it was fine. Mm. I, you, there could have been a lot more of it, yeah. um, but they decided to go weirder <laughs> towards the end of the film. Um, so in, in our review of men in black international, you talked about how awesome of a time that you had in your theater. Um, I, also had a strange time coming into this theater. Um, so I was in the very, very last corner seat of the theater, which basically means in front of me is just the stairs down the rest of the the theater. Um, and it's one of the tiny theaters. Um, and I was just off in the corner. I was like, fine, it's cool. I can lean over the side of my seat because it's just a wall. I don't need to worry about disturbing somebody. Um, and uh, immediately, these two people come and sit down next to me. The guy orders a Miller High Life. <laughs> He's holding. He, he's resting his elbow on his armrest and holding holding the Miller High Life in the air as if he's like the Statue of Liberty, and then reaching up and just taking a sip every once in a while. And I'm already like, whatever, bro. I'm annoyed. And then this guy proceeds to like him and his girl 
talk through the all the trailers. Then as the film starts, he's just like repeating lines that characters are making. But these are not jokes. These are just lines. And he's repeating them as if they're funny. Chardonnay. And I'm like, okay. Truffle fries. I can, I can, I can, I can sit through this until a woman in the middle starts hysterically laughing at a film that I already do not think is funny. Mm-hmm. So the humor in this film is already a a line between not even comedy at all and purposely bad comedy, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot to sit and enjoy that. <laughs> Having two people actively working against you to enjoy it make it very, very difficult to enjoy. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit through this film and I'm going to watch it. And the whole time, the whole time I'm watching it, all I can think is, Steven's seen this already and he still made me watch this movie. Sure. Yeah, I did. I, I thought there was a world where maybe you would be in a mindset where you like how like wacky it is. So so here, here's the problem with this film, I think. Um, I'm... I don't know. I I can't tell Jim Jarmusch what to do, Mm -hmm. but uh, I will say this. Taking a film and putting legitimate zombies in your anti-comedy film is not the same thing as making a funny film that is a send-up of the genre or is commenting on zombie films. This film is just like, what if we paid people to do good creature effects for our weird movie that's not really funny and doesn't actually say anything about zombies, but we'll just put legit zombie. It, it's kind of like in, uh, so Blink-182 has a music video where they start the video by showing the money the studio gave them to make a video, and they proceed to just drive around the city with a video camera and just waste the money and, like, give it to people and throw it out on the street and, like, buy thing- buy TVs and smash them, right? It, it's just, it's like look, we got a bunch of money, let's just spend the money. This feels like the cinematic equivalent of that. It's like, Mm. it'd be funny if I had this idea for a zombie movie and we just like actually spent money on doing effects like heads getting cut off and like black dust flying out of the the wounds. And it's like, all right, I mean, this looks good. (laughs) I I was going to say that I forgot to mention I like the creature effects of this movie. I like the zombies a lot, actually. Like, that's totally awesome. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. But, like, the – even, like, the joke of the zombies, it, instead of them being, like, brains, they're just saying things that they like. Sure, that's kind of funny the first time. But then people are, like, inserting things where they think this is a commentary and stuff. Like, there's a scene where somebody's like, Siri. But is that actually a metaphor for where society is? Or is it just – Sure, that just uh, feels like an out-of-touch guy making, like, a Louis C.K. joke or Yeah, something. like, it, it just it, – it, there are so many things in this film where I'm like, ugh. And, like, that bugged me the most because people suddenly laughed then. Like, they weren't mm-hmm. laughing at the other people going, like, coffee – Chardonnay, and then somebody goes Siri, and they're like, "Yep, cell phones and people here, right?" Got him. <laughs> it just, I oh, so much of this film made me so mad. You're reminding me of things I like, though, because I love the the way the zombies walk around, like the coffee guy when he and his wife, after they've mutilated everyone, are just like coffee, and, and they're just like bouncing around. It it felt like you're watching like Team America or something. They're like puppet people who are just like moving in an awkward bulky way i don't know that i i thought there was like a funny surreal you you need to understand too like 
another level of liking liking is a strong word another level of like in finding enough to enjoy about this movie was that it somehow managed to be like the opening <laughs> film in competition that, that is funny <laughs> and that was just really funny because you go in expecting like a super pretentious like high art thing and then you're watching this and it's just like so absurd and like genrefied and silly i don't know there was something endearing about that to me um i i will say yeah i i i definitely had this feeling that it is a surface level commentary of american politics that wants to think it is a deep commentary of american politics right like we've all probably talked about like doesn't it kind of feel like we're in the dark timeline now or doesn't it feel like the earth tilted off its axis or people are acting weird and why is no one recognizing this, right? That's a salient thing in this movie is like things are clearly going crazy and people are taking forever to acknowledge or recognize that they're going crazy. But it's like, does it really come from a place of getting American politics or like knowing something the rest of us don't? Like, I don't feel like it is. No. I feel like it's a extremely like general concept that's just being applied as like a sandbox to fuck around in. Um and is it implying that if you give up all technology and go live in the woods that you'll survive a zombie apocalypse? No, but I don't know. That may be one of the lessons to glean from this. Yeah. I don't know. Also, let's pretend that I take for granted that Earth being off its access equals uh bodies rising from the dead. I mean, right? you even watch the core. <laughs> I I did. <laughs> I don't remember the bodies rising from the dead. Mm. But let's pretend like I'm like checks out. How does the Earth thing off its axis make the moon glow purple? <laughs> oh, well, Chris, have you heard of magnets? <laughs> <laughs> I have. I understand that the moon is tidally locked case. with uh, the, the Earth, but uh, how does that change when the Earth is off its axis? I don't know. Mm. It's just a purple moon. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell. Yeah, there, there's a lot of... I, I couldn't decide if I liked or was annoyed by some of the hokier CG in this movie. Like, there is one moment in this film, the, um, let's say the the final arc of the Tilda Swinton character that is extremely B-movie. It, like, lives in another movie, if that's even possible in a movie that already is, like, I, off in its own world. <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil it, but it literally lives in another television show, which is mm-hmm. based off a movie. Um, but... Yeah, it just when when that happened, I was kind of like, "Why the fuck not?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and fucking the characters reference that that seems out of place. Yep, yeah, oh. they do. See, so it's so okay. I want to do a <sighs> reading. I want to do a reading of the one IMDb user review that's sitting here because I was scrolling by to like I, I was trying to find the name of a character and then I just gave up because I saw this one. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to read the whole review, but here's how it ends. It's a positive review, and it says. you'll see almost no emotion at all the dialogues are so boring it is very awkward and the easter eggs are getting shoved in but the camera and actors are great there are very beautiful scenes and this oozes from irony and subtle humor and mocks a genre or whole industry yes the film could have been quote better but that was not the point if you don't get it it's not the fault of the script or director it's your fault exclamation mark and I think that's his target demo is people. Is, that, them. is the username Jay Jarvis twenty five thirty seven? 
I just love like, yeah, it could have been quote better, but that's not the point. <laughs> like, so that if there is an annoying thing about this movie, it's that it comes off as being very clever. And you can imagine someone smarmy like this person thinking that, like, oh, well, you probably just didn't get it if you didn't enjoy it. And that's not true. Like, this is not operating up here. This is operating at, like, very surface level. <laughs> and for people who are not sitting in the room with us, your hand started above your microphone yeah. and ended below the table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it went below the table where a zombie arm gripped me from the floor. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was... It, it was a movie. It is It is my least favorite Jim Jarmusch movie. Um, I, I think, like, comparing this to Patterson is night and day, right? It's the two completely, like, the polar opposite. This is, like, him at his most genre-fied and stilted, and Patterson was his most heartfelt and, like, lovely. Um, yeah, Only Lovers Left Alive was kind of moving in this trajectory where it's taking a genre and then deflating it, defanging it, if you will. <laughs> like deflating most of the things that make it be that genre. Um, I don't know. I like his style in general. It's off kilter. I think you should watch Stranger in Paradise. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, but definitely this is him taking that one off kiltered thing and just cranking it up to 11 and hoping that you love whatever he is enough that you're just going to like it when it's like smeared all over you. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're not on board, then nothing about this movie makes you on board. But it feels like if you took a film like Moonrise Kingdom mm -hmm. and you took away composition and like the intentional using of the camera to make the jokes work, if you took all that away and you just had like weird things happening, that's this film, except for you also are taking away the emotion of every single character that is on screen. And I, I don't know. It it just definitely did not work it, for me. I, I think it definitely plays in a kind of similar vein as like Wes Anderson or Yorgos Lanthimos or something of like people are playing dress up and they're like three steps removed from reality and the way they deliver lines is kind of off and odd. And in general, for any of those things, Wes... I feel like I get him because he's all about, like, heartfelt, right? So they're being goofy and childlike so you can feel like a kid again, but I'm sure it's more... I'm sure he's trying to do more than that, but that's what I get from Wes Anderson movies <laughs> usually. Um, this this time around, I don't know what the stiltedness accomplishes, like, except for just setting a tone because you happen to like that tone. But I don't think it communicates anything more than that. Yeah. But I mean, like, the, the, so the humor in this film can be summed up in one joke, which I'll spoil for you guys. There's a joke where Adam Driver has a smart car. End of joke. That's the whole joke. The joke is that he has a smart car. That's it. <laughs> That's the entire joke. But I, like, I just laughed a little thinking about Adam Driver in a smart car. I just, it, uh, that's, uh, what happens with the smart car? No, he just has it. And everyone knows. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I just did not enjoy this movie, Stephen. Look, if you don't get it, it's not the fault of the script or director. Oh, yeah. I'm the problem. <laughs> Maybe I'm just not good enough. Let to me try hide. to explain it for your little brain. Adam Driver is a tall man. And he's driving a smart car, which is a small car. And he's swinging stuff. Like a lightsaber, <gasps> which are meta. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, 
I, because I'm a genius, uh, we recorded two episodes of podcast without my power supply. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, what do you say we get to the verdicts for this film, Steve? Sure, let's do it. <laughs> if you're going to even say must see, regular the caveat, wait for until passes the caveat, or a must avoid, what would you give it? Uh, for me, this is like wait for rental territory. I, I enjoyed the tone. I think like there are plenty of situations where I would find the tone amusing. You cannot be with an audience that is loudly laughing. That is like that would ruin whatever hope you possibly have of finding it like absurd. Like what, whatever joy there is in the absurdity of it being like intentionally slow and awkward is completely deflated by people who are like just going to be cracking up as if it we're the funniest movie in the world. Um I I think more than liking anything, I just, like, kind of admire that he, like, went there. Like, this is his most all-star cast, basically. This is a movie that somehow got a ton of advertising behind it, and it's going to let a whole lot of people down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, like, don't-give-a-fuck attitude is something that I kind of enjoy. And I don't know. I It was – the tone was memorable enough, right? Four weeks later, I still have enough things to talk about. I was happy enough that I saw it. Would I watch it again? Probably not. But it's <laughs> whatever. It, it, it is what it is. I'm. It's not going to deter me from watching whatever he does next. Uh, I haven't seen too much of his things, so uh, I don't have that fondness for him and the willingness to um, be on board with whatever he's going to do next. Um, I also did not have the willingness to be on board with this film as I was watching it. Uh, I'm going to give it a must avoid. Um, I just did not enjoy any of it. There were little moments that I thought were funny, um, but in general, I couldn't. It, it, I, I couldn't sustain that enjoyment for longer than like fleeting uh, moments, mm. um, much like the fleeting lives of characters in the film that you don't have time to care about. Rest in peace, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. This is a movie where within the first 10 minutes, you'll know if you have a chance of liking it or not, I think. Like, I, I think the tone is pretty well established pretty early on. And if you do not enjoy it, you don't got to wait around because it, it is not going to pick up in any meaningful way. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, I think it's going to do it for this review of The Dead Don't Die. Stephen Miller, people are going to find you that a week. Where can they do that? People can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilthewarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilthewarning, facebook.com slash thespoilthewarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilthewarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilthewarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to The Dead Don't Die, so hopefully you are enjoying that song called The Dead Don't Die. <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> and uh, I yeah. did like that song. <laughs> no, yeah, the song was totally fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are going to take off, and we will see you um, for one more set of reviews next I think we'll, we'll be able to squeeze something in during Clusterfest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Toy Story, um, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.